Welcome back to another episode of Inside Anna's Mind. We are now on episode four. Honestly, the response from the podcast so far have just been amazing. I know I've mentioned this over and over again, but I almost just can't get used to it. The last episode, I covered everything on eating disorders, body image, bulimia, whatnot, and it went really well. And now I'm kind of going on to the next chapter of my life. Now, I did mention in this episode that there was a summer that I didn't want to talk about on that podcast. And I'm actually going to start today's podcast on that. So this was the summer, my first summer since recovery. So just for a little timeline, so you know what we're talking about. In the winter was Aruba. And that was when I basically admitted or found out I had an eating disorder. Then I went into recovery, into spring, and then going into summer, the summer just before I move into London. And this is where I can emphasize that what you see online isn't necessarily what actually goes on. I did open up in this summer on my social media in terms of I wasn't feeling 100% great, but I didn't give it all. I knew that I wasn't necessarily struggling with my body like I used to do, but I was struggling with something a lot deeper. And if you listen to my previous episode, this is what I was talking about, saying that, you know what, eating disorders is more than just not eating. It's your trauma. It's your, it's your mental state. And just because I had gained the weight and maybe stopped fearing some foods or accept weight gain a little bit more didn't mean I was okay and it wasn't just going to take five months for me to be okay from my reflection I think what led into this was I did a lot of therapy during recovery and in that spring time and there was a point where I think we were going a little too deep into my energy systems I had done so many sessions I had gone on to a retreat I was doing masterclasses and for someone who hadn't really dived into their past or their feelings or anything like that for so many years, it was new to me. And now talking back to my therapist, she says, you were supposed to go through this phase. So the phase that I'm about to talk about, it was probably my, I'm going to call it my almost rebellion stage. It all shifted quite quickly. I was very much into my spirituality. I, I don't know what it was, but I suddenly didn't want to talk about my emotions or whatever and I got into some really bad habits. Now I don't actually know what I'm allowed to share online. I also want to be really honest with you guys. I don't know if my mum would approve of this so if you are listening mum I am sorry but I just got into stuff like vaping and stuff and again you just don't see that online. You just don't like I definitely cannot post that. Yeah these little vapes took me down a really dark hole. I tried one of my friends just randomly and I got so hooked and it was that you know I'd never really had nicotine so it was just that nicotine rush and I got really addicted to it and it's literally what made me spiral. I stopped journaling, I stopped being okay with being alone. Like I remember this summer I had to meet with a friend every single night. Like normally I'm the type of person that can go months without seeing a friend. Like I'm so comfortable in you know just my own company. I remember texting my friends every night at like 9, 10, probably 10 p.m. I'd be like hey you up you want to meet like just go for a drive or do you want to just like chill I would I couldn't just have an evening by myself and then we would like hang out till maybe like 12 or something and then I'd go to bed and then my days were so unpurposeful I remember just yeah such a loss of purpose in terms of my job all I had to basically do was go to the gym 
wear gym clothes, post some meals that I ate, and that was my job. Yeah, make some TikToks and stuff. I remember feeling so, so lost. I would wake up and I was like, what is the point of life? I was so depressed, if I'm being honest. All I had to do in my day was go to the gym. And you know, there's this whole thing about like going back to the gym when you're going through recovery and stuff. I just didn't see myself going through recovery at this point. Like I just felt like a different person. I don't know how to explain it. Not necessarily in a good way, just a different person. But I didn't have this like excessive need to exercise if I'm being honest like I literally went to the gym for an hour and that was it like I was like I can't really be bothered I definitely lost my need to exercise intensely or intensely I think all the time is a better word I'd wake up have my coffee breakfast chill and then head to the gym at one point come back for lunchtime and then after lunchtime it was like I did not know what to do with my day I hated posting I didn't post on social media my like Gymshark and Misfit managers were like Anna are you gonna do your deliverables and I was like no because I don't know what to do like I'm so lost because I wasn't in a place of self-improvement and self-awareness my social media content kind of dropped because I had nothing valuable to say I was feeling depressed and I was literally just vaping all the time I had nothing to say and along with this vaping, I think there is, it's like an addictive feeling to kind of restrict your body. And I remember like losing my hunger signals for like a couple of weeks to start with and I loved it. And you can call it a relapse or you can call it what you want, but it was just this different like rebellion phase of me. And I know that addictive feeling if you're in this place of like, yeah, I just wanna have coffee and vape and, and just run off nothing. Like it's such an addictive feeling. It's because you're suppressing everything and you're restricting your body. And one of my kind of things I would say to someone if they think they're like, oh, but I'm like looking good and I'm not eating as much and whatnot when I'm vaping and it's like, so you're basically saying that for the rest of your life to keep, like, if you want to stay the same the way you are now, you're basically just going to have to carry on for the rest of your life. Like, I'm glad you've set some healthy habits. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's the same with the restriction. You think, oh, but I'm just doing this right now to lose the weight. And then obviously I'll just go back to normal. But you're not. Like, you're not going to, if you go to such a low weight with unhealthy habits, you're going to have to essentially stick with those unhealthy habits to keep the weight off, if that makes sense. Which obviously, scientifically, no, there's ways to, you know, be at your optimum health and stuff like that in the proper healthy ways. But if you just like quickly lost weight because you just started vaping and not eating and you're in this like restriction mode, like what are you setting yourself up for? One of my biggest, I don't have many regrets. In fact, I say I don't have regrets, but one thing I wish I never did was go down to such a low weight because when you go down to a low weight, you think that is what you should be and it's just not and you will forever compare yourself. So if you're losing it in an unhealthy way now and you have this image of yourself, you're like, oh, I reached this weight and then you try to get into healthy habits, you will always compare yourself to your lowest weight. And yes, there are ways to come about from that because I have done it myself and I've been able to stop that since, but it's taken a lot of work, a lot of work. So if you can do some preventative stuff of like, maybe I don't go into these bad habits. Um, but then at the same time, my therapist said I had to go through this phase. In this summer period, I also felt super ungrounded. Just went on like holidays. I just remember like going to Ibiza, going to Croatia. And uh, yeah, I had this rush to just like hop on a plane and go somewhere. Cause I was like, I just don't want to be here. But it made me feel even more ungrounded. Like when I just hopped around all these places, lived out of a suitcase. Yeah, there was a big switch when I decided to move to London. It was when I met Millie and I was just like, effort let's move to London I literally asked her within two weeks of meeting each other I was like do you want to move to London with me like why not and she was like yeah so we were looking for houses 
And as soon as we like confirmed a place, my perceptions changed a lot. I suddenly had a bit of purpose. I suddenly felt driven. Um, it lifted a lot of things up. I started vlogging again. Like it was really good. I still had some of my habits, but it was just a, a lot less of a degree. And I was almost just doing both. Because in summer, I was just doing, let's say, my bad behaviors with no work. And now I was in London and I was working. I was doing all this influencer stuff, but I was also just doing a few things, you know, vaping and whatnot on the side. A lot of my eating habits and mindsets got progressively better. I wasn't doing any of this vaping stuff to lose weight. It was just the fact that I felt very reliant on nicotine. Like it was New Year's Eve and normally, you know, you go out with your friends and your big New Year's Eve. And I always find there's an insane amount of pressure to have a good night on such like a special day, whether that's your birthday or New Year's and everyone gets so stressed on their plans and stuff. And then it ends up not being great. And then you feel whatever. I think I was slightly ill and I think I almost told myself that because I didn't want to go out and Millie was just like yeah I don't really want to go out either so we had a night into ourselves and when I say it was one of the most cool memories I have Millie and I put on this like spiritual manifesting music on the tv we turned the lights off we put the candles on it was literally like nighttime, and it was like 11 p.m so we had like an hour before it was new year's and we sat there both of our journals Millie was on the floor I was on the sofa we were in our own worlds and we were journaling for so long and it was so inspiring and motivating especially when you just do it with someone and then at 12 o'clock we went up on the roof terrace and we you know the fireworks went off but we both wrote out our goals and manifestations and what we wanted and one of them was like I am not vaping I'm not smoking this day onwards like it's just not happening and the way I went about it was not completely shutting it off in terms of no you can't ever have it ever again because that could lead to you know that binge restrict cycle you know if I restrict it so much I might just go crazy again and I have a very addictive personality which is why I think I got into this stuff so I said to myself you will not be doing it when you're sober and alone it's just not happening you know I feel like that is low low behavior from me if I'm doing it when I'm just alone sober in my room in the morning like no, no, that's not what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. Because if I said it's not okay, and then I go do it when I'm drunk, and then the next morning I'm like, oh, well, I might as well do it every day now. That's the restrict cycle. But I'm just like, I don't care. And now I find if I do it on a drunk night out, I'm not phased by it at all. I have no thirst for it when I'm sober at all. So it was kind of just that switch. I also found myself not thriving off the nicotine anymore when it came in the month of December. I found myself really tired after I did anything. Yeah, I had headaches all the time. So it was very much like a, right, my body is saying no. And I would highly recommend people to come off that stuff as well. So I've definitely touched on a topic that I really thought I would never talk about. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Now kind of going back to moving to London in this October time, I got very much into the you know, the influencer stuff. I started going to events because I had grown during lockdown, so I had never really been exposed to this actual influencing stuff. I was starting to meet other influencers. Yeah, it was really weird, like meeting people that you'd seen online for so long and then you're actually with them and you're like, wow, and then doing collaborations. You know, I was really into it at the beginning. I started keeping up with my deliverables, which honestly, I had not kept up for a whole year. And if you don't know like what that stuff basically with contracts with brands, they ask you for a number of posts, which is called deliverables. So they might say, right, the deliverables are two Instagram feed posts, a story, and a YouTube video. So they're the deliverables and then you get paid according to that. And that's basically up to the negotiation between you two. I finally had some consistency, which is what I needed. I am a person who thrives off drive. You have masculine and feminine energy within you. Your masculine is your right side and your feminine is your left side. And everyone has different levels of you know 
masculine and feminine energies. And it doesn't mean your typical of like gender stuff of like whether you look feminine or feel feminine. It's it's more about what you possess as characteristics. Are you creative and empathetic and intuitive? Then that's more feminine. And then there's that masculine like drive, go, 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 logistics, all that stuff. And I thrive off the masculine energy. Like I am a very driven person when I want to be. And I work well under pressure. And that's due to my people pleasing tendencies and needing to perform well and high achieving. Like that is part of me thinking I'm never good enough. And I go, right. I was like, I want to earn half a million this year. I want to do this. I want to do that. I had a lot of money goals, a lot. That was at the time the only form of purpose I could have. So I was very money driven and work driven. And I was like, right, I'm going to get really consistent with my YouTube. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. If you want my Instagram then in January, February, you knew like I would post my like day-to-day routine and it would be like 6 a.m wake up skincare meditation go to the laptop 7 a.m work till 12 like I would not have a break for like four hours and then I would have my lunchtime break I'd go back to work and then I'd go to the gym at five and then I'd come back make dinner then I would do my journaling and then I would do my reading and then I would go to bed at 10 30 11 and there was actually no room for me to even watch a movie I remember there was a point where Millie was like can you not even watch a movie and I was like uh, no, I need to go do this. I need to do my washing. I need to clean my room. I need to do... And it was just like, I managed to fill up my time. I remember this realization I had and it was, you can make yourself as busy as you want to be. And the more busy you make yourself, the more busy you're going to feel. You're in fact never going to feel like you've got the job done. And when I had these moments of realization, I remember like just... I I kind of went the opposite way because I took myself to an almost burnout in March. I stopped everything for let's say a week. And I was like, wow, you know... If I don't do anything, the the washing pile stays there. It's not screaming at me, right? I just wear less clothes, less washing to do. I don't have to edit for seven hours a day. I can just make my editing a little bit simpler and do it for like two a day. If I want to cook simpler meals, I can do that. And there was just all these little things that I realized I don't have to do. And things like checking your emails and replying to your things. Like if you know me and my phone, I take ages to reply. That's because I don't really want to receive a text message back. Like it's just too much for me. I'm like, there is so much going on on my phone. Like honestly, I've got like 10,000 emails. I've got so many WhatsApp messages. If you WhatsApp me in the morning, you will be at the bottom of my WhatsApp list by the end of the day. Yeah. So then I was able to find this middle ground of not having to be this super productive being thinking that will take me to this like optimum working level then I want to talk about a recent realization I had about money and it's what made this switch of like do I really need to earn x amount more every month just so that I can spend more because essentially money is like this digital number above your head that you had let's say have in your bank account and it's actually only worth something till you spend it let's say for me living in London editing every day, getting all my deliverables out, replying to my emails so I can get more brand deals and doing ad promos. And I could be earning, you know, X amount of money, you know, a lot of money. And it's basically what I do now, but I just don't do the brand deals every day. But I am just not happy with that anymore. And this is something that I want to talk about. I would actually rather travel, earn less money, but live life, like actually live life. And I know I've mentioned this on my YouTube, but I'm actually going to travel I think for the next year at least, or even more, I 
managed to convince my boyfriend to travel the world with me. I know it might be hard to relate to me in terms of, oh, Anna, yes, I know you can just travel, but he works a nine to five job, a corporate sales job. That is his money. That is his stable income. And he's just not enjoying it. You know, how can that possibly align with your soul? I said to him, look, I really, really want to travel now. And I know it is a lot more compliant with my job than yours, but is there any chance that you want to like travel the world with me? Like, is there any chance you want to go to Bali? Because we're basically planning to go to Bali for two months in August. So August and September, we're going to be in Bali. And he was like, yeah, you know what? I would rather have a little bit less, you know, quote unquote, stable income and a little bit less money if that's the case, but actually travel and enjoy life. Like, actually live life and then we had like basically discussed that we're going to go to Bali and stuff and then a couple of nights after he was having some doubts and he was like oh no but I just don't want to be a bum at 30 years old and not have a life and not have like a proper job and I was like baby you're going to be a bum if you carry on working your corporate London job go drinking on the weekends with your friends and repeat that for the next 10 years whereas you know if you go traveling or do something else that is more aligned with your soul and your purpose you're going to know more about yourself you're going to be an interesting human being you're going to have culture you're gonna have experiences you will be nothing like a bum at 30 and he was like yeah that's actually so right so we're basically planning to move and basically travel the world together which I'm so excited it feels so much more aligned to what I want to do because I just hate this influencing stuff I just do it's not a bit of me I absolutely love podcasting sharing opening up to people but I do not like the events and for the last eight months that I lived in London I have done all the influencing stuff because I thought that is what I had to do and I just thought that was the best for me because I was like you're meeting other people you're gonna grow your brand events get you you know um opportunities brand deals get you money and exposure this is what you need but no it's not fulfilling for me and it's not purposeful and some people are happy with that and I do not judge you at all if that is what you love to do I know Millie loves to do this stuff. This is so up her street, but we are completely different people in certain ways. If we compare me and Millie, like she has always loved this stuff. She's always been into celebrities. She's always been into all this stuff. It's just not me. I generally don't know the names of people when they talk about celebrities or shows or I, d I don't really care about, you know, getting the most fashionable brands or, or you know, expensive stuff or material stuff. I just don't care. It's not me. I would so much rather be a surfer girl in Bali in a little hut with a little bit of Wi-Fi so I can upload my videos, not go on my phone all day. Like that is me. And just, you know, drifting off again, I've really found that when I'm more aligned, I'm being more and more myself. For example, in terms of my appearance, if I look back at December, I had bleached blonde hair, which my hair is naturally dark brown. I had fake long lashes. I had fake tan my skin a lot and I had fake nails. And now I almost think that I'm at my closest natural state and here I am you know my freckles are coming out no makeup my hair is back to its natural color no nails no fake tan no fake lashes which I haven't had in about two years and I feel so myself and I just feel like I'm embracing my natural self which I think is also part of this self-awareness stuff it's like yeah I'm okay to be myself that's what I mean about like I just want to be this selfie girl that doesn't wash the hair for seven days and wears the same clothes every day. Like, this is basically my recent phase. This is what I'm going through. And I actually called Gymshark the other day and I said, hey, like, I really want to still work with you guys, but I don't want all these clothes that I have. I basically have a whole unit 
of gym truck clothes. Like I generally had a hundred pairs of leggings, sports bras, shorts and tops, a hundred of each. So way more than you need. I called them up and I go, look, I really wanna work with you guys, but I wanna be a minimalist. Like I literally said this to them. I was like, I just wanna be a minimalist. And I said to them, I don't know what we can do to make it work, but I essentially don't want all these drawers of clothes because I do generally wear the same pairs of shorts, sports bras and tops every single day, but I feel the pressure to wear all these different outfits, all these different colors, designs, collections every day. So it almost gives me stress at the fact that I feel like I need to wear these different stuff. And then also just completely clutters my room. And I said to them, yeah, I wanna be a minimalist and I'm also gonna travel so I can't wear all these things. They are very understandable with me. They're like, they know I just wanna do my thing. So they're like, yeah, Anna, you know, you can just wear the same six pairs of shorts for the next six months, that's okay. As long as I don't wear the stuff that are like off the website, so like the old, old stuff, that's fine. And you know, that's understandable. I need to promote almost, you know, what is on the page. So that was like a massive relief that I thought I couldn't do. And it was all these like limiting beliefs that I have and I'm one by one eradicating them. And so the last week I've actually taken all my Gymshot stuff and I put them in these little parcels and I DM'd people that had previously DM'd me and I said, hey, if you want size, small or medium stuff, um, I just send me your address and your name and I'll get them posted to you. And I spent about 70 pounds, I think, on postage, but it's completely worth it. I have got rid of literally everything. I still have like a bag of stuff, but I need to send that off to people as well but definitely made me feel better and my next youtube video is going to be about you know getting rid of stuff and making myself feel better i want to talk about the reality of being an influencer in more detail i want to talk about the negatives and the positives i can't completely slate the job it is a very lucky job to have but it's also very hard as a people pleaser because at the end of the day you know if you have a boss it's it's a person or it's a company my boss is my audience they decide whether my videos go viral. They decide whether they like a video or not. So my boss is ever changing. I look on my YouTube stats and that is almost my boss. It goes, right, 33% of the audience watch this video more. So I have no one to directly tell me what to do. And I also have to go off the fact that I need to please people. So you can see how as a people pleaser, this is just feeding into that cycle of I need to do what people like and slowly what I've learned is I need to do exactly what I want to do because if I am authentic with myself even if that carries a little less views I will not cause as much conflict on myself which is the main thing that I want to keep and I found as I am more authentic with myself people appreciate my content more which is what I'm about and I'm also over like trying to grow my account by a ridiculous number I would so much rather just actually reach people in terms of their awareness about themselves than having to reach like a thousand more just random people I don't really care I'd rather connect with one person another thing is being completely stats obsessed you know I've got a very mathematical brain and a very logistical analytical brain and it's almost this dopamine addiction I have to check my stats I'll check everything I'll be like right Instagram insights YouTube insights and I only became aware of that about two three weeks ago and since then I have stopped like I now realize that it is something that I feed off whereas I used to just think right it's part of my job to check up how I'm doing but really if I want to take it as my job I need to sit down with a pen and paper and actually analyze I need to look at myself as a business because at the end of the day that's what I am and I need to go right this video did better now let's write the reasons why and then let's write you know what people liked about it and but I don't I just look on there I scroll and if I see a red arrow that means you know your insights going down that means my mood goes down and if it's a green arrow dopamine and serotonin like oh yeah I'm doing well and in fact when I get the green tick 
it doesn't actually make me feel great. It just makes me feel like I'm doing what I should be doing. So when I realized that I'm actually just checking this for kind of a neurochemical release and not the fact that I'm analyzing my stuff, I stopped it. And what it's made me actually think about is this new realization I've had about in terms of body image and it is in to do with mirror checking and just going off this idea of dopamine and stuff. I was reading this book called Dopamine Detox. It honestly took me about 30 minutes to read. It's a very small book, maybe less. It was talking about what do you constantly feel the need to check? And honestly, I don't really go on my phone that much. Like when I don't post on my social media for a day, it literally means because I have not been on my phone that day. And most of the time I only go on my phone when I need to post. Like I genuinely don't scroll. In fact, I tell my boyfriend off when he goes on his phone in the morning. I go into complete mum mode and I'm like, why would you want to be overstimulated in the morning? Do you know the amount of pictures and words you see on social media? Like you are completely stimulating your brain, which means the whole day you're going to be having the need for stimulation. So I'm very much like overstimulation queen in terms of that is what I avoid. But so I was trying to analyze where do I find my stimulation? And one of them was the stats checking. And the other thing I realized and I hadn't noticed this before. Well, I knew that I always look in the mirror, but I just thought it was a natural thing to do, you know? You need to check how you look. You know, if I walk past a mirror, just check if your outfit's on or if your hair is okay, if you're, you know, mine would be like, oh, do my legs look okay? Or do I, does my body look okay? And I hadn't realized that it was actually causing me a disservice. For so long, I thought it was beneficial for me to look in the mirror as I walk past to check that I looked okay. Whether that was a reflection in the car window that I walked past or a reflection in the shop window. I thought it was beneficial for me to check. And I know a lot of people are gonna resonate with this. But since I realized this, I told myself purposely, right, Anna, for the next however many days, you're gonna purposely not check yourself. So whether that's quickly turn your head or close your eyes or whatever, don't look at the mirror. And I have actually noticed how often I look in the mirror because I'm now noticing, right? I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like, oh my God, Anna, don't look. And the difference, the difference in my body, the feeling, feeling present is, I'm blown away. I'm genuinely blown away. My challenge to you is to, as soon as you stop listening to podcasts, notice every time you look in the mirror. And then once you start noticing, stop yourself. So obviously when I'm just about to go out, I have a quick look at my outfit, all good. But what I realized what I was previously doing was I would get undressed in front of the mirror. Then I'd put my pants on, then I'd put my bra on, then I'd put my shorts and my t-shirt and my hoodie on. And I would check my body throughout all stages. And then I was also doing that thing where every time I walked past the mirror, I'd have a little look. And what I realized was that it completely pulled me out in the present moment. Every time you almost look at your reflection, you are taking yourself out of the present moment to almost look at yourself through a window. It's a very weird feeling when you feel it. I've noticed since I just walk past and don't look in the mirror, I'm managing to stay in the present moment and not judge my body. And, and I felt great this week in terms of just not checking my body. And I found there was like an afternoon this week where I just I couldn't help myself, like not even couldn't help myself, but I was just being more relaxed in terms of, oh yeah, I'm looking in the mirror, it doesn't matter, it doesn't affect me. And what I found at the end of the night is I felt really low in myself. And I go, how interesting, the fact the one afternoon in this whole week that I was checking up on myself. So my advice to you is to, even if you're not that body conscious, let's say some of my friends are more skin conscious or face conscious and they're very like, oh no, but my skin doesn't look good or whatever. Try to maybe not look at your skin and just be in your present body. Cause what I realized like, yeah, I can look in the mirror and check how my legs are. But if I'm actually physically feeling okay and I'm walking, I'm just in my body and I feel good. It's only until you look at yourself and you have this judgment on yourself, do you not feel good? So you might be like, okay, yeah, my skin might not look great physically, or you might have that perception of yourself. But if you don't look in the mirror, you know, unless your skin has got this itching rash, you're not going to feel great. But otherwise, like, 
you've got a smile, your cheekbones are popping out, you can feel your lips smiling and whatever. That's all you can actually feel. So I just think it's a great little realization that I had recently and it's really, really helped. I don't really know where I was leading with the beginning of this conversation, but I'm gonna go on to a random topic of managing finances because we're kind of into this whole influencing thing at the moment. When I started my NRH fitness stuff and I started earning money, I was 19 and I very quickly had to get an accountant because no one really tells you, you know, you have to manage your taxes and whatnot. So I got an accountant. I remember when we had our first conversation, I was so lost. She said stuff like dividends and and all these tax references. And now I can't exactly think of the words that I didn't know, but I had no idea. So I started having to like research certain things and I just started picking up on our conversations. And I and I learned a lot through my accountant. So as a business, Anarch Fitness is my business. That's, you know, the money goes in there from all the brand deals and contracts and YouTube ad revenue, all of that stuff goes into the account. And then what comes out the account is my expenses. That is a positive, I guess, of influencing because depending on what your niche is and because mine is lifestyle mine is fitness mine is clothes mine is everything I get to almost expense stuff that help me film so whether that's technology whether that's meals whether that's clothes like that is an expense because that is what I'm filming whether that's you know a podcast recording studio fee or whether that's travel a holiday that's all stuff that can almost be expensed and then along with that I pay myself into my personal I do at times find it very stressful especially when I procrastinate on filing my receipts which is needed for like VAT return and stuff so there is definitely like an added amount of stress but you know I also enjoy, whenever I feel like I'm having to, let's say, grow up a little bit quicker, I enjoy the fact that I'm able to guide the people around me because there are other people my age, let's say I've met other influencers and you know, they didn't even know about tax. And I was like, you need to, I was telling them what they need to do. I was like, right, you need to create a limited company. You need to do this, you need to do that. You need to get an accountant. You need to pay yourself this amount a month. Like I was saying all the stuff they needed to do. You need to save your receipts. And they were like, what? Like they just didn't know. Or even in terms of my friends, I can give them like financial advice. So I always think not only are you ever benefiting yourself when you gain experience, but you're also benefiting the people around you. If I'm being honest, I don't really know what else is interesting about finance stuff. Maybe there's some more questions. Always feel free to send questions onto my podcast Instagram because that is where I almost find the inspiration to talk about certain topics because sometimes I can't think of them. Someone asked recently the influencing responsibilities. I definitely overanalyze my responsibilities due to the fact when I started my account I had no idea of my responsibilities and that is when obviously I talked about like weight loss and and all this stuff and I didn't actually realize how influential I was. So when I went through recovery and I went through this no social media period and I came out of it I overanalyzed every single thing I posted because I was like, nothing can be triggering, nothing can be wrong, nothing can be bad. I also had my mom that would like text me if I posted something. She'd be like, Anna, I don't think younger people should hear this. And that is why I said sorry at the beginning of the podcast because she's probably not going to want people to know that like I was vaping and stuff because she's very much like, Anna, you're very influential. So it added this pressure of like, gosh, I have to think about everything. And I had a recent conversation with my therapist probably a month ago. And I said, I'm even scared to post a salad if I have a salad, right? Even a salad with sweet potatoes and fats and it could be like a thousand calories. I am nervous to post a salad because I think that someone will come at me or someone will be like, oh my gosh, she's she's restricting herself or someone's going to be influenced to have a very low calorie salad. Like I think about every single thing. She said to me, Anna, 
you're allowed to have that salad and you also can't think that much in depth. So I've managed to start taking a little step back being like, right, I'm allowed to essentially do what I want. Yes, be wary of the responsibility I have, but not overanalyze myself because that is something I definitely did. And I, I probably still do, but it's just because I care so much for the people that listen to the stuff I put around. There is not one part of me that wants to contribute to the negative effect of someone's, let's say, mind or wellness. Going on to the conversation of feeling like you're never enough. Now, this is something that I've always struggled with, whether or not I noticed it when I was younger. I never thought I was good enough at gymnastics. I never thought I was good enough at dance. I beat myself up for it. I never thought I was good enough as my, you know, peers. There was a part where it went on to my studies and then there was, you know, going on to that influencing stuff. Never thought I was a good enough influencer. Since moving to London, I had always repeated, I'm such a bad influencer. I'm such a bad influencer. And, and I remember crying to Millie at a couple of points, you know, over the last eight months when we would go to like premieres or, you know, these big event stuff. And I was like, Millie, I just don't look like the other influencers. I can't do my makeup. I don't know how to do my hair properly. I can't even, I don't even know how to curl my hair. Um, I don't have these long extensions. I don't have these beautiful dresses. I don't have these nice heels. Like I really pulled myself down to the fact I wasn't a good enough influencer. Now thinking about it, I'm like, Anna, is that really what you want to strive for? But I guess in the moment, we always have these perceptions of ourselves that, you know, maybe we're not a good enough dancer or maybe we're not a good enough child or whatever. But just know when you look back at it, you're really going to think the opposite and you're going to almost wish that your younger self knew that they didn't think like that. Like if I think about six-year-old Anna, her worry at the time that she wasn't a good enough perfect child in a way, you know, she had a funny foreign accent. She had funny hair. She didn't have the cool clothes like her friends. Perfect little white families with their big house. Like, I just didn't think I was a good enough human. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, it was just such an overall feeling. And what I have found is that it will always change. So when I went through my eating disorder, it was very much, you know, not good enough body. And then I came out of recovery and then it was not good enough social media influencer when it came to that summer and not feeling like I was posting. And then I moved to London and then it carried on. And then when it went on to January and February, it was very much, I didn't feel like I was working hard enough, even though I was literally working from like 6am to 10pm and then winding down for sleep. Right. And then trying to think about what do I feel now? What are my current perceptions of myself? I'm going to take a minute to really analyze what are my current feelings. I think now I have like a pinch of everything, like a tiny, tiny pinch of everything, a tiny feeling of maybe my work isn't good enough. Maybe I'm not growing at the rate I should grow, even though I have gained understandings that that is not the case. So I guess that's why it's just a little pinch of it. And then I always have a little pinch of my body because that is just a reflection of how I feel about myself. You know, I've talked about this in my previous episode. It's not the fact that my body isn't good enough. It's just my perception that my body isn't good enough. But yeah, if I'm being completely honest, I'm probably at my best stage. I'm not completely digging myself. I have had a lot of recent realizations recently and it's made me feel really great. And those being the mirror one of not checking the mirrors and that's helped my body image. And then also the money one of like, I would so much rather just live a little happier and enjoy experiences than push myself to earn more money. I'm slowly getting there with noticing, with therapy, with journaling, realizing that just trying to stay in the present moment definitely helps a lot. 
someone asked, do you think you should have a nine to five or do you not think that you should have a university degree? Now, I don't know whether that was like a direct, like, I think you should and you haven't or whether that was just a general question or whether that's a doubt they have on themselves. Me personally, no, I don't. I don't think I should have a nine to five job because I can hardly manage influencing. And that is probably one of the most like, you know, freedom jobs because you're you're basically your own boss or, you know, as I said, the audience is your boss. But personally, no, I'm a very free spirit and I like to do what I want. And I know when something doesn't align with my like soul or whatever. So I think a corporate job would definitely not be me. And I always knew growing up that I am not going to be doing a business job or a nine to five. I think being self-employed is great. The only thing that I know is that you never switch off because when you have a corporate job, you're working nine to five and you go home and, and you don't think about, let's say, well, I can't say that's like that because I know from my boyfriend that it's not as easy that it sounds. But when you have a self-employed job, you are constantly thinking because if you're not doing the work, your job is genuinely going down. So if you feel that you should, you know, if I feel like I should be editing at 7 p.m. and getting a video up and doing stories and doing whatnot to promote something, like promote, let's say, an episode I've done or something, I genuinely feel that I'm pulling my business down. It's like a cycle of, right, Anna, if, if you don't do this and that, if you don't post weekly on YouTube, you are making the decision yourself that you are pulling yourself down. I definitely think that is one of the probably pressures I hold, but at the same time, like, it's just something that has to be done. Like for me, it's like posting weekly um, on YouTube and podcasts. I love doing it both. Like I genuinely love doing them both. It's my favorite part of the job. I I hate Instagram if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I just, I don't like it. You know, if you want to help me out and you want to send me a message of maybe what you would feel my Instagram would bring service to in terms of my Arch Fitness one, I, I've tried it, doing the whole, you know, bringing value to each post and but then I got on a twist because I don't want to be known as an eating disorder page like I'm I'm more than that and then I went into just posting pictures of my experiences for example events and and holidays and stuff with no meaningful captions and then I felt a little bit purposeless well my mum was like Anna there's too much posing on your Instagram and I was like great now I don't even know what to do and then now I'm just in this middle phase of just posting like I go on holiday and I get a picture and I maybe write a caption or not I'm just in this middle phase but I'm a bit lost with it I don't really know what my purpose is um youtube and podcast i feel very purposeful with instagram i kind of just lose it but yeah in terms of this nine to five or getting a university degree no i think we have limiting beliefs as a society that you must go to school then go to university get a job and then whatever but there is way more out there you know there is yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. I personally watched a lot of Gary Vee when I was younger and he set a lot of my beliefs in terms of I don't need to go to university and there is a whole entrepreneur life out there for me, which I find way more interesting. And yes, there's that idea of it not being stable. Again, bringing my boyfriend into it, like he wants to move from that corporate side to the entrepreneur side. And we had a recent realization recently, like, yeah, on paper, it's less stable, but is it actually, like we can actually bring the money in every month. And even if it's that little bit less one month, we're gonna be way more happier doing the things that we wanna do. Now there's this whole thing of like, yeah, but if you're an influencer, you can just take any day off you want. Now it depends what type of influencer you are. Again, I don't like to call myself an influencer, but if we're talking about this whole influencer lifestyle, then yeah. For me, it is very hard to take a day off from working. Very easy to take a day off from my phone for me, because I've built up 
amazing habits. Like generally I could not go on my phone till about midday. And that's when like, I realized I had a call in the morning and I, and I didn't get the WhatsApp message and whatever. And then I'm in a bit of trouble with like my company managers. Not, I don't have a manager, but the companies that I work for, they're like managing people. But otherwise, like I find it very easy to go a day without my phone. In fact, they're my favorite days. However, to take a day off work is very different because I always feel like I'm missing out, you know, as I was talking about missing out on my job. Also, because how quickly the rotor is, it's not like I have an assignment once a month and oh, okay, I can take maybe take a day off here and there. It's like I have a weekly assignment of getting a YouTube out and a podcast out. Both of them take a lot of time. You know, the YouTube is a day of filming and then putting it all together, putting the montages together, putting the music, putting the titles everything and then once you've done that doing the thumbnail whatever and then the podcast is editing the audio I have now taken a pause on putting my podcast on on YouTube the first two episodes are on YouTube but this was a decision I had to make in terms of although it's beneficial to my job to post it on YouTube because it brings it more attraction it also hasn't got the greatest benefit to my mental health in terms of it was too much for me to do in the week yes if I find myself a video editor I can do that but what I found with the recording that there was I think it was episode two where I told myself that someone else was going to edit it it was my worst podcast recording in terms of how I felt in the session because I had the feeling that someone else was editing it and I had to think about what I was saying so overall it is just better when I record it myself because I do go into quite deep stuff and although everyone's going to listen to it there are sometimes sentences that I'm like wait that doesn't make sense and how would an editor know that I didn't want it because otherwise I'm generally working like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday like I'm working every day of the week for me a weekend isn't a thing also I guess the positive is that I can just I physically can take a day off if I want to like I don't have to go ask a boss can I have this day off I can meet my friend I can I can see my family whenever I want although at the same time I don't because I'm like oh gosh I've got work I can't so it's that mixed thing of like it being your own boss like yeah especially when you're work driven that's what I was saying in terms of different influences most people that take it quite seriously and you know you do because when it's your full-time job they don't want to take a day off because you think that it will affect your stats and your growth and whatever but I am coming to the realization that I don't need to do that. So that is a good place that I'm in. Another, I guess, con of being like an influencer or stuff, when you get to like a number one thing or you get a lot of growth, you think that is the normal and you think anything less is bad. For example, my podcast was on like number one health and fitness for like a couple of weeks. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then it went down to like number five or something today. And then I listened to this podcast the other day and it said, you should always say for now. So I should say, oh yeah, I'm number one health and fitness for now. Because as soon as you label yourself as the top, it is very hard to stay at the top, very hard. Same in terms of like having lots of growth quickly. It's very hard to stay with that rate of growth. In terms of the positives, like travel, I can just go wherever I want and it's part of my job. It makes my content better. I can literally just take my job wherever I wanna go. And then I guess the pay is another amazing thing. Like you do get paid quite well but I guess it's also your understanding of money like I have some influencer friends that could be earning you know near to let's say what I'm earning but that spending it on different things and stuff whereas I'm very much like I just want to wear the same clothes although I do slightly have a shopping addiction but I've stopped that now because I want to be a minimalist but I've definitely gone down that like investing I started investing and pensions and just being that little bit more wise in terms of money and then my favorite favorite thing about this job is the fact that I can reach people 
that I can share what I've learned. I think I've talked about this in one of my previous podcasts, but younger Anna never knew why she went through so many situations. And now I now I know because I have the ability to tell other people. It's not an everyday thing that you can put out a video and get lots of views. Like it takes a grind. It takes a grind to grow your platform. And mine came with a lot of effort. I definitely put in a lot of effort, but it also came to me very quickly. So I'm very, very grateful. And that is the only thing that keeps me online. Obviously there's the money as well. Like if I'm being completely honest, yeah, I, I need the money so I can live a life. And I've already said to the closest people around me, if it wasn't for the fact that I could share to people and it was just the money that was keeping me in, I would so much rather quit my job now, live off the money I have for let's say the next five years, six years, however many years, but just like obviously a lot minimal lifestyle move to Bali, whatever. You know, if I find a little job, if I do something, because obviously you don't want to have no purpose at all. But I would so much rather earn less and spend less than carry on what I'm earning and drive myself like off the face of the planet because I don't want to be here and it makes me so depressed. So if you have something in your life that is causing you so much stress and anxiety and you're so not wanting to do that, maybe it's time to rethink. Is this thing, is this person, is this event, is this job, whatever, is it bringing me the purpose it's needing to bring me? Is it actually adding value to your life if it's bringing you that much stress? Because along with that money thing, I'm repeating it again and again, but let's say you're earning a couple of hundred pounds or a couple more grand within a certain job than another job. But if it's bringing you stress and if it's bringing your relationships with other people down and if it's bringing your body image down or if it's bringing all these things in your life down, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Because I'm sure when you're like six years old and you've got your money or something, like, is that really how you're going to look back at life and be like, wow, I lived an amazing life? Oh my God, I'm so hungry. I'm going to need to have a snack mid-sash. It's not even mid-sash. I've got 20 minutes left, but I'm not going to be able to survive. So I had my little snack, I feel rejuvenated. Now I've got a very special little surprise now. I have actually brought my journal in because I thought, how interesting would it be? Because sometimes I forget where I am in certain places of my life and stuff. How interesting would it be to actually read parts of my journal? Because that is like raw footage of how I actually felt at the time. Just wanted to say this quickly, if you guys could give me more ideas of like where you want the next episodes to go in, because I was kind of freaking out this morning. I was like, um, am I gonna run out of things to say, even though I'm not? But I'm like nervous because I'm like right now I'm up to present time. Like what am I going to do next week? Just message me on my Instagram. 28th of August, currently 10.30 p.m. Saturday night. I spent the whole day in bed. I was resisting to get out of bed to start with, which led me to procrastinate more on getting out of bed at all. I feel like there's so many events and things that are contributing to my feelings of overwhelm. I feel like I'm constantly disappointing my mum and stepdad. Maybe it's a reflection how I feel about myself. And then I wrote, I am proud of myself, just as like a little positive affirmation. I'm really struggling with my body dysmorphia really badly. I don't know how to get rid of it. I feel big in the moment. And then when I look back at pictures and videos, I realize that I'm smaller than what I felt at the time. I'm going to start putting myself first. I can't complain about the struggles in my mind and body when I'm not taking care of it. I want to journal. I want to do positive affirmations. I want to do meditation. I want to drink herbal tea. (laughs) And I want to do yoga. I love myself. Every obstacle is an opportunity. And I want to be connected to myself. I want to protect myself. So yeah, most of the time when I journal, it's when I do come to a breaking point. Like when I'm actually struggling, I don't necessarily journal every day. But when I'm at the end of my struggle, when I'm at my lowest, I tend to 
write to myself how to get myself feeling better. 29th of August, 2021, currently just woke up 7.30 a.m. Yesterday I'd reached my lowest I'd felt in a long time. However, I tried to pick myself up and get going. I wanted to better myself, a balance between having fun and looking after my mental health. 1st of October, currently 10 p.m. I'm moving to London, packing my room. I feel more at ease and I feel like I have purpose. I'm so excited for my next chapter. So this is kind of where like, I'm feeling more excited. I'm coming out of this like depression hellhole in summer. Bearing in mind, I only journaled twice in summer because that's how like little I wanted to talk about it. The 22nd of October, currently 8.15 in my new apartment. Everything is going great. I'm so proud of myself. I always feel like I'm not doing enough, but I'm clearly I'm doing something right. I'm so grateful for this job, opportunities, and the life I get to live. This is the part that I really want to share. This was my New Year's Eve journal writing. My main lessons. Every event in the last year where you felt overweight or not good enough in, whenever you look back, you realize you were gorgeous. So no more thinking you aren't good enough. I said 2022 is the year of appreciation. I can do anything I put my mind to. I'm in control of my life and there are no limits. I then wrote out some goals. I wrote the first one is start a podcast. So I've done that. I then said start a clothing line, which I was in the making of, but then I took a pause because my perceptions had changed. I then said times my annual income by five. Now this is very much a reflection of how I was feeling at the time and you know, so money orientated. I wanted to buy a house to rent out. Um, I wanted to go on the news or radio. Um, I wanted to go into schools and talk and I wanted to go to Hawaii and Bali, which I guess Bali is happening. Oh my gosh. I also wrote a terms and conditions for any relationship that's coming into my life. This was when I started dating my boyfriend, my current boyfriend, and we hadn't become official yet. And I was really nervous to have a boyfriend because I was like, I've just been so messed up in the past and I had no boundaries. So I wrote this down as like, if he does not comply to these rules, like this is not what I want. So I guess he passed them all, but I'll read them out to you. I said, the terms and conditions for a relationship that my life still flows in terms of happiness, work, gym and content creation. So as long as I'm doing all my stuff and they're not like taking away from that, then that's basically where I want it to be. I said, a partner is a friend that brings a bonus into your life. So I don't need them, but they bring extra joy, which is always a benefit. Be with someone who truly wants you to succeed, helps you manage your emotions and has a life of their own and treats you with respect. That is everything, honestly, like definitely wants me to succeed. Um, Gosh, yeah, helps me manage my emotions more than I even do and has a life of his own. Um, I said... In your 20s, you want to feel free. If you can't in a relationship, then that's not the one for you. A relationship helps you understand yourself more. Use them as a learning tool. Obviously not just using them as a learning tool, but don't be afraid to have a relationship in terms of like not feeling free. Like you can be free, but use them. They're always a reflection of yourself. So you're gonna learn so much more about yourself if you do have relationships with other people. It doesn't have to be boyfriend and girlfriend. It can just be friends. Then I've got some journaling of when I'm feeling really great, but I feel like I want to go to the parts where I'm not feeling great. Okay, this is a good one. 8th of January, so we're only a week into my new year, new me. And I go, feeling slightly anxious this morning. I feel like I'm slacking. Even though I'm doing everything, there's a lot of tasks that I need to get done. I know I always think that I'm not working hard enough and I don't like to compare myself to the average teenager, but I really am doing a lot. It doesn't mean I need to settle where I am, but at least appreciate what I'm doing. 
I wake up every day at seven. I read, I listen to podcasts. I eat consistently well. I journal, I do my finances. I earn however many figures a year, don't need to put that out. I'm building a community in a safe space. The best part is that I still wanna do more and become an even better person. I really do appreciate myself. Just as I get taken away with my body, I get taken away with the impression that I need to be more productive. 10th of January. This was also Blue Monday, by the way. Um, And I said, today I had a mini breakdown at the gym. I also felt unproductive in my day, even though I did everything. I now understand that I need to rest more, completely rest. I need days off. I feel anxious in my heart. I cried today because I felt like I had failed slash disappointed Diego. He was my personal trainer at the time. He has reassured me that this is not the case. Now, this was the 22nd of February, 22. So it was a 2222 kind of day. And I said, it's been a month since I last channeled and a lot has happened. I had my breast reduction. Since then, I've really struggled. I enjoyed nothing for the first week, but since feeling better physically, I have felt worse mentally. I don't work well when I'm not balanced or even not aware of my conscious. I'm so proud that I've ignited myself and I think it's inevitable in life to have times where you feel really low. It's really about how resilient you can be. Max is a mirror reflecting me. For whatever reason, he is here in my life and it is to teach me a lesson. I will change my past relationship patterns as I am no longer the same girl. I can quite literally choose what type of relationship we have. So that was just a little bit of insight in my journal. I don't actually have enough time because I have to finish my podcast recording. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of, you know, more of like recent realizations and all things influencing and stuff like that. I would love to know your feedback. I love to know it from every single session, what you liked about it, things you're interested in, things you want me to go into more depth. I'm all ears. And that's kind of all for today. So I hope you enjoyed what was inside Anna's mind this episode. And I will see you next week.